Hi, everybody. This is Wayne World News. I'm coming to you with something that's real that you need to feel. I don't want to dupe you or trick you, and I'm not going to be laconic in speech. I'm looking to get you to understand each thing I teach. I come with you about inflation, taxes, and how money is related to them too. Now, inflation and taxes remind me of the Cinderella story. Do you remember Cinderella? She had two stepsisters, and they was always trying to badger her and always bother her and try to make her do all the work, and she had an evil stepmother. Now, we use the Cinderella situation on our own personal lives. We could see that inflation and taxes are the stepsisters. And who is the big dog? Who's the big dog hurting us right now or stopping us from moving forward because of inflation and taxes? The government. So the government is the stepmother. And they're always on you constantly. Prices are going up. When you decide to get paid from your government job, the price went up too high. You can't even afford what you wanted. Or taxes now are constantly eating away at your savings and your retirement. So when you got off from work and you stopped working, you didn't have enough money. So you had to go back and get another job. All because taxes ate away your retirement. Look, I'm telling you right now, as I speak, I'm saying this. And I'm saying it with clarity. I'm saying it with the fact that I really believe in this information to be true that if inflation was nicknamed Robin Hood inflation would be no different it would be a paradox Robin Hood once robbed the rich and gave back to the poor but today inflation if it was Robin Hood it robs the ignorant the people who don't want to listen to what I'm saying and give to the well informed the person who knows this information but still decide to listen anyway Wayne World News have a good day All right, just wanted to say that this is Wayne World News. I'm on site at Galage Coffee, which is a new coffee spot owned by Mr. Ellis. I don't know if you know Mr. Ellis, Jamaican brother who's been in, in Harlem for over 30 years, holding down the entrepreneurship of Harlem, showing us, us brothers, you know, that he can make it, we can make it. Um, he has now the Mocha Lounge, which is cool. The Mocha hasn't been popping off like it used to. I remember I used to be there. I used to be a bouncer in Mocha Lounge. And I used to have to have a line just for the bathroom, just to have people go downstairs to use the bathroom. Now you only got, you, you don't even have, you have the bartenders serving themselves on a late night. That's crazy. But they still got Chocolat that's holding it down. I don't know if Chocolat took away his crowd. And but he has that Chocolat. And then the Harlem Underground. But you know what I like about me talking about Mr. Ellis, he's not like a, a person who is labeled as an NBA player who's been out there, who's, who has a lot of pride showing his face. A lot of people don't even still know who this man is. And he has four stores in Harlem. One of them on 125th Street for a long time. And 125th Street, you know the rent over there is pretty high. So I'm proud of Mr. Ellis. So we came here to represent in his spot. But what we want to talk about is, you know, there aren't many people like Mr. Ellis living in Harlem anymore because the rents have gone so high and it was going up due to some laws that recently got changed by Andrew Cuomo 
2019. It's called a TPA, Tenant Protection Act of 2019. Well, I'm gonna read you some of those changes that have taken place. Um, like, for example, the caps on rent increases. This is an area that landlords use. This is the tactic or the strategy the landlord used to increase the rents to the point where they are today. Like, for example, um, I have a, a rental, I have a one bedroom that is in Harlem for $1,400. I don't know how long that's gonna last. I hope I can get it rented quick. But then at the same time, in that same neighborhood, at 500 West 148th Street. So let's say the property I'm talking about for 1400, the one bedroom is on a convent and 149th, which is closer to the ABC and D train, right? But this particular unit is, uh, is at 500 West 148th Street. That's between Amsterdam and Broadway. And that's just a studio and a walk up. And that one's asking 1800. So the reason why the price difference is because, again, rents have been increasing and people, money has become more available in Harlem. Just to let you know how rents have increased to the point where one bedrooms are priced around 1600 in the Bronx. Um, I have some one bedrooms priced at 2000 on in a piano district, or they call that, what they call that, the South Bronx Sobro. <laughs> Whatever, they always got these names, they want to change them to. But the South Bronx, you even got one bedrooms over there. So rents has been going up. So you figure, let's say 40 times 2000. So 40 times the rent of 2000 that means you got to make at least 80,000 a year. And if the studios in Harlem, average studio is 2000 in Harlem, you figure you got to make 80,000 a year. Now, if someone has a job, let's say they working for the city and they work as an accountant, they only make 60,000 a year. Let's say if they work as a marketing a man, let's say they work as a manager of a store, a manager, they make about 60,000 a year. Let's say if a person works for uh, Bloomingdale's selling clothes and works overtime. They probably bring about 50000 a year. I'm talking about these are mm, people that you probably hang out with on the corner or you see in the restaurants or at Angels or even at, at Chocolat eating some food on a Sunday. Those are the people that are struggling. Those are the people who are, I could say, that are citizens, who are law-abiding citizens, people who go to work, who come home, who do not partake in the violence or the crime that we hear in the news. Those are the people who have kids who are suffering. We continue to look at the, the wrong situations to ignore the truth. Like, we will look at the bums and the crackheads on the corner and ignore the law-abiding citizens that live in that neighborhood every day. Those are the people that struggle. So when this TPA came out, the Tenant Protection Act, they actually came out to help out those people. Um, luckily, there's still some rent-stabilized buildings in Harlem, and there's still some uh, apartments that still have rents below eight and a thousand dollars a month. Luckily, when this law came out, because what this is saying now is that the landlords now have been capped; the rent increased. They no longer could have individual apartment improvements above fifteen thousand every year. That means they've been capped. That means they cannot put in a an individual apartment improvement and add rent no more. And it's been capped to actually 2%. And what's, what's a major improvement in the law was the major, the major capital improvement. That's what the, the landlords used a lot. They would say they was doing some scaffolding outside. They had to do repointing or a new roof. And they raised your rent almost 20%. Now it's been capped to 2%, which is huge. 
So if your rent is to a thousand a month, it goes up two percent. That's only twenty dollars. When it was twenty percent, it went up two hundred dollars. A person paying a thousand a month in rent could easily get evicted if their rent goes to two hundred a month, which was what happened. So when it went up to twelve hundred, they went to court, evicted them. Then they moved somebody else in at twelve hundred a month that could not pay the rent, and. They got that person evicted. Then they added a they added an eviction. What they call it? A, a tenant? No, they added a, a vacant a, a rate, which vacancy rate of fifteen percent. Then they had a EIA. No E. I mean I A I, which is individual apartment um, improvement. That was another twenty percent. So the rents was going up thirty five percent within the last ten years. And how the landlords was getting the rents higher. To the point where you have one bedrooms now at two thousand. So, but Andrew Cuomo came in at some point. I mean, I wish he'd have came in earlier, maybe in twenty fifteen. But in twenty nineteen, they signed the Tenant Protection Act. All right. What else happened? The practice of charging a tenant preferential rent has changed. Now that's huge. There, friend, I have a friend right now who is in court, and he was in a long battle. He's in Harlem on one hundred forty eighth Street. He lived in his, in his apartment basically all his life. His mother grew up in that apartment. And somehow the landlord realized that the rent for that apartment could easily get $2,400 a month. My, my friend at the time was paying $750 a month. And, you know, he was getting over to $750 a month. But he, he was smart. He didn't go buy a bunch of cars. He didn't go buy a bunch. He bought a house in Africa, built his house in Africa. He, um, he has a daughter. He sends her to a private school. So he takes his money and do the right thing with it. He works at the consulate or he works for, I know he works down in the, the immigration, but he makes good money, right? At the same time, preferential rent was coming up in his, up on him. And somehow his landlord wanted to charge him two thousand a month, from eight fifty a month in rent to two thousand a month. That was like a straight up. That's messed up. Who could, who could actually pay that type of rent anyway? That's stupid. So the landlord took him to court, and he called me up. He asked me some advice. I gave him my advice, which worked. And so far, before this act was signed, he was able to negotiate with the landlord a two year lease for fifteen hundred a month, which is, I would say, still fair because he lives in a two bedroom. When an average two-bedroom in his neighborhood is gone for 2000 so he's still saving money, but it's actually double, he doubled the rent because he was paying eight fifty a month. Well, not double, it was like 40% increase. At the same time, that could hurt somebody else if their income was fixed and they wasn't making as much. That means they would be evicted, moving out of Harlem, never coming back again. So the Tenant Protection Act has now stopped the preferential rent. The rent amount charged to a rent-stabilized tenant that was lower than the legal register rent is no longer permitted. That means we don't have to worry about that preferential rent anymore. That means some people's apartments will be saved, and that's kind of a beautiful thing. That means some people still get to live in Harlem and they have to be forced out because these laws and these loopholes the landlord was using to increase rents. Now, also, a landlord, if they decide to take you to court, this changed too. This is big. If they take you to court, you used to have to respond in five days. Now you can wait 10 days before you respond. That's kind of like huge because you figure you wait 10 days to respond, you go to court, and you might be an order to show cause. Then you could respond again another 10 days. You could save yourself almost 30 days of court time. Um, if a tenant has been evicted, now look at this part. This is huge. I know landlords are going to be sick. 
when they hear this in court and let a lawyer tell them that you got to keep that tenant for one year. It says it right here. If a tenant has been evicted, the judge may have may put a state execution of a warrant for up to one year from six months. That means at one point, let's say you was in court and you was uh, basically for arrears and the landlord won his case. Now, you could prove to the judge that you have kids and if you move, um, it could hurt your kids out of school. And you could, if you could prove that, and that's basically, you got to have some kids enrolled in some type of school that's very special. The judge can allow you to stay or grant you to stay in that apartment for up to one year without the landlord being paid. That's crazy, right? Well, those are like some of the um, changes. But I think it was, if, it was, if you were smart, you'd look up the legislation or just Google Housing Stability and the Tenant Protection Act. You could read about all the new law changes. And this hurts the city in a way. The reason why I say that, because when I think about 1977 and in 76, I think there was a law that changed for landlords then. It was a law that says if you, um, you could at one point, you could write off your taxes, your losses from your rental income on your personal taxes. That means if you had a building and you was taking maybe, let's say, a $50,000 loss in rental income and you make $100,000 a year, you could say that I took a $50,000 rental loss, which would take away from your $100,000 yearly profit, and now the government will only tax you on 50000 That law changed in 76, I believe, and then in 77, you start seeing the Bronx burning and then we had the blackout, which everyone took advantage of that summer blackout, and they started really burning up all the buildings. And so the landlords was able to use the blackout as a scapegoat, and they was able to use uh, crime and, and drugs as a scapegoat to get rid of those buildings. Well, today, I think we're going to be in a position where landlords are going to try to sell these buildings again because... They're going to see that they're not able to raise the rents as fast as they used to. And I'm going to tell you the situation they're in right now. The, all right, so a lot of landlords in the last five years, they bought buildings at high prices. And they, they was, and if you, like, let's say you have a bank, they would give you a loan based on the rental income coming in your building. If you was only bringing in $1,000 a month, the loan was low. So, but if you could show that you got tenants paying 2000 a month in apartments, then the, the banks will give the building owners more money. The building owners will take this money and reinvest it into another building. And then they will start the same process. They process. They will increase the rents, get the rents high enough to get more loans from the banks. So when we was looking at all the buying going on for these buildings, a lot of these landlords might be oversaturated with debt. And with this law change coming in place, it might have hurt their chances of uh, recouping it, their money or the money that they have to pay the banks. So are we gonna be in a situation where in New York City, landlords are no longer gonna look to buy in, in the city and landlords are gonna be trying to uh, charge higher rents for commercial space because they can't get the money no longer from the tenants? And we'll, if commercial rents go up, will the cost of living go up? Um, those are some cause and effects of this law that we have to take into consideration.
Because every time a law changes in New York City, something happens, either good or bad, for the people of New York City. And we're going to see how the TPA of 2019 is going to affect our current situation or, or you know, prognosticate if we're going to have a better future or not. We'll see. That's all for Wayne World News. Again, I'm on site at Galage Coffee. Come check it out. It's a new spot between 119th and 120th and Frederick Douglass Boulevard. The address is 2211. All right? Be safe. Wayne World News. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening.